Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and today is actually a very special day for the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast as it marks the release of my 100th episode. So I wanted to do something a little special, so I actually enlisted the help of a couple family members to assist in celebrating the occasion. The song you just heard is American Idiot by Green Day, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Cody Bachman. Cody was a two-time state qualifier for MFL Marmac and placed eighth as a senior. Although we've chatted about wrestling and I witnessed his journey in real time, this provided me an opportunity to get more in-depth answers and shine a light on things as I was oblivious to at the time. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Cody Bachman. I'm genuinely curious when you started wrestling. Like, do you remember? Probably. I remember being, I mean, dad would know like for sure, for sure. But I remember being in kindergarten, first grade and it started out, you would go to bullpup practice mm-hmm. and Dale Eckerd, Dale Eckerd would run it. And then once the bullpup tournament happened, that was it. I wouldn't go to any other tournaments. And then as I got older, he would ask me if I wanted to go to like more tournaments. And he's like, did you know there's practice after the bullpup? And I was like, really? really? So I don't remember like first tournament wise, like how I did or whatever. But I remember wrestling practice for like, who knows? It could have been two months. It could have been two weeks. I have no idea. I just remember going to a few practices, then going to the bullpup. And that was your season. Huh. And then he started asking me, like, do you want to go to more tournaments? And I just, did you know there's practice after the bullpup? I'm like, really? And then it just kind of went from there. Really? So it was just a simple question as, did you know this? Then you were like, yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, yeah, he was just like, you want to keep going? And I was like, I, uh, yeah. Like from what, from what I remember, it was a question, not a, you, you're going to, practice after the bullpup it was hey they, they've got more practices after the bullpup did you want to keep going and i just be like yeah i'll go to more tournaments and more and then it just kind of grew from there why do you remember why like it sounds so simple why i said i want also, to yeah i mean it sounds just like i don't know but it it just like did you have a reason no like it, it? it was you just like wrestling i probably, don't know i mean I don't like, I didn't like just instinctively, like, I love this sport. Yeah. But it was fun. It was something to do. And I don't think it was like, like my first knowledge of wrestling isn't like me, Taylor and Andrew, like, you know, that little group that started it all. Mm -hmm. I I don't remember being like, yeah, the three of us are always together. Like, I don't remember them coming into the picture until I was like kind of deeper into it when I was like fifth grade, Mm -hmm. fourth or fifth grade. So bullpups were, I don't know where dad took me after the bullpup. I really don't remember, but I remember like Paul Fisk um, and Nathan Barron's Well, mm-hmm. not Nathan Spencer. Ah, so yeah, those yeah. two were the big, those two were the big names. It was like Paul and Spencer and Brian. And then I think the two of us just kind of, me, Taylor, and Andrew just kind of ended up tailing along. So. So when did you start? So when was your first AAU? Did you go in fourth grade? Was that like your first time going? 
fifth grade, I think. Fifth grade. Fifth grade, because the first one was at uh, it was in Warburg. Ah. It was at it was at Warburg College, and it mm-hmm. was at the old gym. So it went. I know me, Taylor, okay. Andrew. I remember Craig. Craig Rodas being there. Brian, Spencer, Paul. Like those were the. Spencer and Paul were the big name like AAU wrestlers. Yeah, those two were those two were winning everything. And then, obviously, if you're a fifth grader, uh, maybe I was in fourth. It doesn't. Matter. You were the younger one of the two. I remember going there, and I think that it was a simple question of, "Hey, do you want to go to the district?" Like I had no idea right. what that tournament was and how big it was. So he's like, "Do you just want to go?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And we went, and I got my butt kicked, and. Uh, maybe I won a match. I had no idea what the stakes were. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah, this is a district. Like, I had no idea. Like, and then I think the next year when we went, that's, I knew that. Like, leading up to districts that next year, I knew that I, you got to place top four to go to state. And mm-hmm. I knew nothing about the district tournament the first year I went. Hmm. So you just went, were, were you so, any, when you started out? No idea. No idea. <laughs> no idea. You have a pretty like, good memory, I, I remember, so I'm kind of shocked. That you... I don't remember if I was good or not. Yeah. So I, I was probably average. Yeah. To below average. Average, average at best. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was just surprised that you weren't uh, – you don't remember how, like – your first few years wrestling. And if you were good, sounds like you were just kind of average. You just sort of did it. I think, yeah, dad would just take me to tournaments. I don't know how many we'd go to a year before we started getting into like, he would probably remember, I remember fifth grade. So it was probably fourth grade when I went to my first district tournament. Mm -hmm. Then fifth grade, I actually knew what we were wrestling for. Yeah. Is that and when you I think that you're wrestling? Probably. Yeah. So fifth grade, I know I made the state tournament. I got fourth at districts mm-hmm. and I had to wrestle. So the, the goal fifth grade year, which is just make it, which is just make it there. So I remember progressively getting better. So I remember, I think his name was Jesse Brown from Nashville Plainfield. And he like kicked the shit out of me in the Mm -hmm. semifinals. So I bounced back. I got fourth. I don't remember like the overall who finished what, who finished ahead of me besides Jesse Brown. Mm -hmm. Went to the state tournament randomly draw it. And the first place guy wrestled the fourth place guy. So my first round match, Nobody knew it at the time it was Grant Granville. <laughs> and he he tech followed me. I didn't win a match. So he tech followed mm-hmm. me and then I fell to the backside and lost my next one. But I made it. Who cares? You got mm-hmm. your name on a little board in the wrestling room and I was like, cool. <laughs> and later after the tournament was over, dad goes, Hey, did you know that Grant Granville pinned everybody but you? Oh, hey. Cool, I guess. So the next year was sixth grade. 
and I beat Jesse Brown at the district tournament. So I went from getting like majored by him to beating him. So when I say when we started out, we were probably below average. That's probably about right. I was probably average to below average. Mm-hmm. And then once I started taking more seriously, then I started to see, I was starting to catch some of the other kids that were better or were taking them more seriously, maybe a year or a year before me. Mm-hmm. So right around that, so, right around like your sixth grade year, because that's the, that's when you place at AAU State, right? Yes. Yep. So that's when I placed and that's when I was like, all right, let's start taking this seriously. And then seventh and eighth grade, everybody's probably got the story. Those AAU brackets are just fun to look back on because there wasn't, there was one. Mm-hmm. You had a 32 man bracket and you look at who was in it and it was like, you know, a weatherman, Jarrett Cherry, Stillman, just, yeah. you know, I think I had Jesse Harris, uh, Quinn Leith, like all you know, all those guys that went on to have success in high school. You look back and you're like, those guys were in my bracket. I think my eighth grade year, I got beat out by. It was in the blood round, and I got beat by Isaiah Smith, who went to Newton and ended up getting second. And on the front okay. side, I think I've gotten beat by Quinley, Tanner Hyatt, Jesse Harris. So, I mean, all those guys went on to go get medals when they were in high school. But at the time, you don't know who Quinn Leith is from Creston or right. Isaiah Smith from Newton. You have, you have no friggin' idea. So, How bummed were you your well, eighth grade year? Because I know like that was probably, you know, everyone's eighth grade year is sort of like their big year, you know. You're the oldest. You're the wise, you know, going into state. Uh, well, so seventh grade year, I remember – I wrestled Andrew Sorensen on the front side. And then that's when Kyle ended up making it to the finals. And dad remembers Andrew Sorensen going heavy hands and he popped him flat to his stomach. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember getting throttled by Andrew Sorensen. He was head and shoulders above me. Yeah. So he tried to wrestle on the backside. I can't remember who beat me on the backside to medal. But eighth grade year, I was bummed. So I went into the state tournament not knowing anybody, but mm-hmm. I had a good record. So we, I thought, went to a lot of tournaments, tried to get, you know, me, my dad, Al, Taylor, and Andrew, I felt went everywhere that year. Loaded up in the van on a Friday and didn't come home till Sunday. Every weekend. So it sucked. I don't remember how bad I got beat. It was like six to two. I remember being like close, but not close. And AAU was weird because you would wrestle the blood round first round on Sunday. So you would make it all the way to Sunday and then wrestle one match and you're done. So it hurt a lot. I remember both me and dad being pretty beat up about it. Mm-hmm. Like after I got beat, but I wasn't the only one like T- Taylor didn't medal that year. Andrew didn't medal that year. Like I, it wasn't, you know, I had to watch Taylor and Al have a moment cause he didn't medal. You know, we all worked really hard, but the state of Iowa was just tough. 
Yeah. So, and so then going into your freshman year, you know, were you, did you, sounds like you maybe were a little bit of a goal setter. Like, did you have goals going into your freshman year or what? What was that like? It was, <laughs> I feel like goals were set for me. So, like, I, I understood. That, so I came in as a freshman and you had Kyle also coming in in front of me. So I always, I was always in the shadow of Kyle. We were always around the same weight. Yeah. And I came in a year under Kyle and he was this freshman phenom, got third, all that stuff. So, like, I almost had it set in front of you. Like, well, Kyle came in and got third as a freshman, you know. But I wrestled him a lot the year, but, you know, when I was in seventh grade, he would tech ball me. And I was like, he's just, and he would beat the hell out of me in practice when I was a freshman. But that was my practice partner. Like, I wasn't going to practice anybody else. But I came in hoping to make the state tournament. It was the last year Vets was going to be a thing. Oh, uh, yes. Personally, right. my goal was let's make the state tournament. And 112, my freshman year would have been Ben Knight or, yeah, Ben Knight, Pat McCaffrey. One and two at my bracket at state. So I already knew 2A was pretty tough. I think Sorensen that year got seventh in my bracket at 112. So I knew it was going to be. Like making it to state was one thing. Meddling was going to be another. My goal personally was to just. But like if you would ask like Chet or, you know, Al or assistant, like they wanted you to be like, why can't you be a state champion? Like, well, <laughs> I could be. And maybe that was the part that they were getting at. Like if you, you know, kind of like the uh, shoot for the stars, for the moon, but yeah, and you land in the stars kind of deal you land amongst the stars so if you have your goal set to be a state champion you know maybe you'll fall as a place winner so maybe i didn't set my goals high enough maybe that's what they were trying to tell me but like personally i just wanted to make the state tournament i wanted to start on varsity i wanted to prove that i could hold my own on the varsity. like i didn't want to be their weak link i wanted mm. to be somebody they could count on but I didn't have goals to be a state champion my freshman year. Mm -hmm. My goal was, yeah, let's just, let's be in the starting lineup. Let's show that I can hold my own and let's make the state tournament. And unfortunately, I think, I can't remember what guest you had on was just talking about, oh, uh, Jimmy Gatto. It sucked when you're at the district tournament and you have to like look over and see there's another match going on and that match decides your fate. So I had lost first round in overtime to Tanner Burke, which is a match I've never rewatched because I like to think that there was still movement and scrambling going on <laughs> and he shouldn't have scored two in overtime, but I have a feeling I'll go look back at the match. And be like, yeah, that's two points. So <laughs> I'll forever live in my head going, okay, that was never two, <laughs> but wrestling a guy that I beat the week before at sectionals and look over and see that Tanner Burke was losing, which I, it was kind of a win your first match and hope for the best. Cause Randy Evans from New Hampton was going to be the top guy. All right. Randy. Mm -hmm. So 
Randy Evans was beating him. Uh, last I looked, it was like seven to two. Tanner Burke was down. And so win or lose that third place match, I was staying home. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to wrestle through that as a freshman, knowing your, you know, your season's over and there's nothing you do. Like you could try to wrestle for pride, but Chapman was a, he was good. He had beat me mm-hmm. once before in the season and I was happy. I beat him at sectional. So it was a, it's not like I gave up and let a dud beat me. Like I just, I didn't have it in me. And oddly enough, he ended up beating Tanner Burke in the wrestleback. So because he beat me, you know, so there was the different dynamic. He would probably look over at the score and go, I have to win this match and I get a wrestle back where I'm looking over there going. Eh. So mentally we were playing, you know, he was ready to win and I was done. Mm-hmm. So that sucked. I had, I had a good freshman year, but it's it sucked not to move on knowing that, you know, if I beat Tanner Burke, who knows how I, you know, maybe I would have Randy Evans and ended up losing to Chapman anyways. I have no idea how it would have played out, but I got fourth and I didn't go. So. Man. And yeah, you had a good freshman year. So I bet, was that tough going in to the off season? No, I was ready for that season to be over. I cut a lot of weight that year. Yeah. So when they measured for body fat, 12 was the minimum I could cut to. Mm-hmm. So I struggled. So probably at the beginning of the year, I probably started out at 125. And by the end of the year, I was 130. So I was dropping from 130 at some points of the season all the way down. And it mm-hmm. wasn't healthy. It was you make weight on Saturday. You eat as much as you want. You step on the scale Saturday night and go, oh, well, Guess I got to lose that 18 pounds by two, you know, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, whatever. So it was a hard year. It was a hard weight cut. Sad the season was over. I was sad it ended the way it did, but I was, it was whatever. Yeah. So then the following year. Sorry, what were you going to say? My freshman year, though, the, mm-hmm. my freshman year, the hard part about that was that was probably the best team. I've been on and Monona's probably had maybe ever. Was so that, like, that sucked that I couldn't go to Paul and Brian and Kyle. Travis. Yeah. So I, that sucks. That sucks knowing they got fourth. The odd thing about that team, we didn't even win sectionals that year. We didn't even get to go wrestle for the state duels. And that team ended up going down to the state tournament and getting fourth independence got third and i want to say independence was at our sectional and they won it and at that time they only took the top team yeah one sectionals mm-hmm. so Ind- independence won it and monona got second we didn't even get a chance to wrestle for the duels because you take sectional champ champ and sectional champ and go wrestle for a spot right so as good as that team was that team Achievement wise, didn't do what I've been on with other teams, but I felt like that was the best team. So knowing that maybe I could have went to the state tournament and won a match, would that have made a difference between fourth place and third place? 
maybe, but who knows if I would have made it and even won a match. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I might have scored them zero points. But we also had, you know, Brian Rodas on that team. Yeah. Who didn't even, who didn't even make it? Remain a state tournament until his senior year. So, like, you know, if we weren't in the district we were in, that team plus Brian Rodas would have easily gotten second place. I think Emmitsburg was untouchable, but they could have easily gotten second with a guy like Brian Rodas who could have, you know, top, he's a top four wrestler every year at the state tournament. Not great. Yeah. So, great. yeah, I just, it kind of sucks that you were, you know, we were, it was nice because that's what you got to lean back on. Mm-hmm. Like we were in the toughest district, you know, in the toughest part of the state. Like, good luck making it out of ours. Like, if you make it out of ours, more than likely you're going to go to the state tournament and get a medal. Like, right. But it just, it sucked every year going, it's not a free pass to the state tournament. So when you got your name on the wall, it's like you fucking earned it. Because mm-hmm. you had to go through one of the toughest districts in the state to get there. So. Yeah. So did that prepare you for your sophomore year then a little better? Did you cut as much weight your sophomore year? Should start there. Not not as horrible. So I know that Kyle, me and Kyle Fermanek could have both Kyle agreed whatever weight I didn't go, he would go. So I just said I'll go 125. I figured it'd be a better weight for me. But as the season went on, I found out who was there and I didn't want to be there anymore. So that was an odd year for me. Cause that was a hard sophomore year was hard for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I know it, you know, it. dad knows it. That was just a hard year all the way around. I did not like want to be at 125. 125 had JJ Krutzinger ranked number one and Blake Hilmer ranked number two. And I didn't want to be there. So before the Starmont tournament, Zach McCool was going to be the number one ranked guy. Or number two, he's going to be behind TJ Siebel. So he was going to be ranked number two at 130. And I asked Chet, I said, hey, I would like to wrestle 130 at the Starmont tournament. And I want to gauge myself off of Zach McCool. Mm -hmm. And I never got that shot. But at the district tournament, at the sectional tournament, you would have had Jaya Schulte from Walk On and Russell Evans from New Hampton. So it would have been a tougher sectional, but overall, it would have gave me the best shot to make state. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we were all fighting for second. Zach McCool was the top guy, and then we were all fighting for second. I felt my odds were better at 130. And this is where the... I think you can beat this. You got to have the, you know, be mentally ready. And maybe I just wasn't, you know, so I really wanted to wrestle 130. So I would get shots to wrestle at 130, but it would bother me because I would get a shot to wrestle at 130 on a Tuesday. And then I was told you have to be down to 125 for Thursday. So you weigh in scratch at 130 knowing that I have to eat. And then not only that tomorrow I have a light practice and I'm going to have to work off seven pounds. Right. And the two matches that I'm going to wrestle tonight, aren't going to lose me any weight. 
I'm going to break even. Mm-hmm. So I ate an apple and drank water. And I think I won one, lost one. And I, I remember being pissed. It was Chet's 100th win. And I got pinned by Kyle Slipper in some weird fucking move that he would pin the defending state champ and then go to the state tournament and pin the number one ranked kid in the third period down 15 to three. So like I, at that time you had no idea. You're like, I don't know who this kid is, but he had some weird move and was able to pin me in it. And I was, I came off the mat and I was pissed. And then I didn't, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to bounce back and forth. I want to wrestle. 130. It wasn't that he didn't let me do it. It was the fact that Kyle was able to do whatever he wanted. So in that same year, Kyle tried to make 112 and it was hard. That's when he wrestled McDonough and he got B and you could like, he looked yeah. skin and bones. I remember that because he was walking back, like he was dragging back to the center of the mat. I think he was getting booed a little bit because he was just so he was done. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a lot of weight, mm-hmm. and I know that. I didn't know this either, but you know, I talked to Tim about the whole situation, and it was hard for Taylor to make one twelve. That was a lot of weight for him to cut. Yeah. You know, so opposite ends of it, like we're both kind of in this weird Alpadretti conundrum. Because I looked over at Chet and was like, "Hey, Kyle said he'll take 125, and I'll go up to 130. We'll just swap weights." And when he initially said no, I was Monic, like, "I'll you wrestle." Mean for Monic, right? Yeah, yeah, Kyle for Monic. Okay. I was like, "I'll okay. we'll wrestle off." Like mm-hmm. what? Whatever I have to do, I want to earn the spot at 130, and I was not allowed to do it. But then I look over at Kyle, and they're like, well, Kyle is having trouble making 112. He wants to go 119. I'm like, so he gets to bounce weights, and I don't? So that was frustrating. What what the fuck? And I know hard cut for Taylor to make it down there, but what swapped with him was he went from 19 to 12 and Taylor just not, he's never, he never has been the strongest guy. Right. So he would always rather cut more weight than wrestle up. He just, he was never, but technique wise, that's where him and I clashed. So like strong enough to hold his technique off. He had good enough technique that he could kind of get angles and get around my strength. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was kind of like, we're, we're a little bit opposite where I was just, you know, God-given strength, and he had this amazing technique. But, you know, he he moved down to 112, and fortunate for him, he was able to make the state tournament and get a medal out of it. I sat home. So that was a tough year because I remember going into the district tournament. You know, I walked through sectionals, pinned everybody, but that wasn't what I was worried about. So I went to this district tournament and like, I remember Chet come up to me and goes, headlines tomorrow, JJ Krutzinger upset. I'm like, bud, like, uh, ha ha ha. Like say whatever you want. Like those two were at the time I thought better than me. So 
It was probably all in my head. Hilmer pins me in the first period. He goes on and gets beat by Krutzinger. My season's over. We go to summer wrestling at Warburg that year. Denver's there. I wrestle Blake Hilmer. We go to overtime. And he beats me in overtime. So they were probably had something looking back more than I thought I did. Like they probably were like, you can beat him. So like their confidence in me was higher than my confidence in myself. So I get pinned by him at districts. I think he's way better than me. Then we go to a summer wrestling camp where none of it matters. I wrestle great because it doesn't matter. I take him into overtime. He beat me on like a last second escape or something like that. He was always really quick. Like he yeah. always seemed like he was tired, had no energy, all that. And yeah, he popped on out. So, and then he pull, you know, he pull a quick takedown off at the end or get a quick escape. Like you're like, ah, he's got, he's tired. He's, he's got mm-hmm. no energy. I'm going to beat him. And then out of nowhere, he'd explode. And you're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. So, but maybe I could have beat him. I just didn't think I could because that summer, obviously, I we were the same quality of wrestler. So, mm-hmm. who knows? I, I remember being yeah. at districts my junior sophomore year, and he was cutting a lot of weight. I remember that because I ran into him earlier in the year, and I know he was cutting a lot of weight. And he got a cramp. Like I he I shot in or he shot in or whatever. And he I fell remember the that. And I looked over. I, I've never seen cramping like that before. So I look over and I just see a bulge in his leg. I'm like, holy shit. And I I packed a pretty heavy lunch because I figured I wasn't going to make the state tournament. So I was like, I'm going to pack a bunch of snacks. So mm-hmm. I was picking out. And I look over and I see that bulge in his leg. And he's screaming and hollering. I'm like, holy shit. I'm going to make these hurt. Mm-hmm. that was but that didn't look normal and i walk over and i remember them like giving me water and i was like no i don't want water I've, i'm plenty hydrated like i've been drinking gatorade and water and eating like i should probably like if he if he goes down i should probably watch my weight for state he starts rubbing his leg he stands up and i'm like oh. he looks like, give me some of that water <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i've about 30 seconds later, he balled me up in a cradle and pinned me. But yeah, I, um, I don't know if I was young enough to put two and two together that Krutzinger, you know, or uh, Hilmer beat me at districts. And then that summer, I took him into overtime. And I don't know if it clicked with me that's like, hey, that dude just made the state finals and you took him into overtime. That's how good you are. Maybe your coaches are right. Instead, I kind of went, I think the other way and was like, well, you guys wouldn't let me bump bump, but I wanted to. So I love sober wrestling. It was fun. One of the Warper camps. I always performed really well. Just, it didn't matter how you did. Mm-hmm. So, but we didn't do a whole lot of off season workouts or anything like that. So that going to Warburg was more about just having fun and bonding than it was the technique in the camp itself it was just it was just about having fun with the boys Mm -hmm. 
So do you think that maybe, you know, we were kind of guilty of not taking it as seriously as we should have? Like we didn't, yes. we didn't, no. we didn't, we didn't go there to necessarily get better. At least maybe I should speak. Yeah, but I think I feel like my priority wasn't. To, I, I agree. At my priority wasn't to get better. It was just like to hang out, and have a good time, and wrestle a little bit and whatever. And yeah, it was fun. We were camping. It was just the boys. You know, moms weren't there, so the dads <laughs> let you do. You know, a couple extra. You know, ah, fuck it, mom's not here. You know, kind of thing. But as you look back, it's the way we were. Mm -hmm. You know, you listen to Derek St. John and Landon Williams and some of those guys that, you know, won state titles and had those success. They were going to those things wanting to get better, looking to, you know, get better with technique and, you know, find a guy to make them better. We were going to have fun. That's, That's how we were. So looking back on it, it's like, no, yeah, it's okay. Like, almost like uh, we all wanted the state title but didn't want – I'll speak for myself. You wanted the state title, but at the time you didn't want to put the time in to earn it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you look back and go, oh, man, I, I only made state one or twice, and I only got one medal, and it was an eighth-place medal, and – but uh, I didn't assure myself anything higher than an eighth place medal. I didn't go to those camps in the off season, hoping to find something to bring it to the next level. I was going there to have fun. I was going there to goof around, have a good time, make memories. And that's, what that we did. You, and that's just. How much of that do you think was also your confidence in yourself. I mean, you just, you just said that you, I mean, basically you, you already lost the match before you wrestled your sophomore year. So, you know, before you wrestled Hilmer, you had already lost. So, you know, I mean, I think it sounds like we, we put in the work, you put in the work, but maybe you didn't think, I mean, you deserved it. Or I, I mean, did you, did you struggle uh, there- with confidence? Yes and no. Like, I wasn't short of confidence my junior year. Like, I had some big wins and some big matches. Like, I wasn't short of it. There was just some times where I just didn't wrestle very well. So, junior year, I remember Chet wanting me to wrestle 135. And he wanted me to, like, come in for the body fat test and, you know, weigh a certain weight. And I remember being at – I was down to weight. And I was at TJ's Pizza and I was working with Kevin. And I was watching everybody eat and drink their Mountain Dew, whatever. And I was kind of bitching to Kevin about, you know, Chet wants me to wrestle 135. I don't fucking want to wrestle 135. I want to cut that weight. I've been cutting that weight. I want to wrestle one. I want to cut any weight. Like cutting weight has done me no good the last. Yeah. I was like, cutting weight has done me no good the last two years. And I was like, last year I could have went 130. And it would have worked out. And I was like, I went down too far and he wouldn't let me go back up. So I was like, I'm not doing that to myself. I'm not doing that. So I said, fuck it. And I started drinking Mountain Dew. I made myself a pizza. Like Kevin, <laughs> Kevin wasn't lecturing me on nothing. He was super cool to where I loved working with Kevin. Yeah. 
So, you know, I, I told Kevin, fuck it, fuck that. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make myself a pizza. So I, I drank like four or five Mount Dews, made myself a pizza, bullshitted with Kevin, went home. And I remember coming in the morning, I was probably like seven or eight pounds over what Chet wanted me to be. And I come in for the body fat and I just remember them asking me what my weight was. And you would step on the scale and you'd come into the coach's room and they would ask you what your weight is. And I mm -hmm. told them like 148 or something. Cause he wanted me to be down to like 140, 140, 142, mm -hmm. somewhere in there. And I remember telling him like 148. And I just remember the eyes he gave me <laughs> like, yeah, it's the official that's like doing the, so like he can't fuck the weight up. Like the guy right. heard me say 148. So like Chet couldn't budge any numbers. He just had to write 148 down. He just stared at me. Like I fucking told you 140. So oddly enough, I was still able to like, down to 135 for the weight cut. <laughs> it didn't work anyway. It's like, the, well, it, it did in the fact that he came in at 148 and he shot me that look and I shot him one back. It was, I'm your 40 pounder, like it or not. Not going down to 135. I'm not doing it. And it was kind of an unspoken, like, what I came in and told him what I weighed. I think to him, for me, anyways, it felt like. Fine. You want to go 140? I'm not going to force you to 135. Mm -hmm. But I remember getting some shit that it was. There was no more excuses in the practice room on why I wasn't putting in 110%. So there was a few times where, you know, I was tired. But so was Kyle. And I would hear, you shouldn't be tired. You're on full feed. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't miss meals anymore. I'm not cutting weight like I used to. Like, you're right. I'm still fucking tired. Kyle Pedretti is still really tough to wrestle. Like, at that point, I was a junior and Kyle was a defending state champion, right? right. Two-time finalist. He was hard. So, but I had some early success. Well, kind of. I got pinned in my first match against Adam Hageman, trying a move that Chet fucking showed us. Hold on. So your first match out of the shoot, one, your first match out of the shoot at 140. After you have this whole stare down, whatever. Like I'm not not, a, not out of the shoot. You always okay. you always started with Val, Valley and Clayton Ridge. So okay. those were always with you know for us for the most part. They had a, a few good, good guys in there, but for the most part, the team would match to Clayton Ridge and pretty much beat everybody from Valley right. except for Fastbinder and Chris Wander and. Uh, Baker, but other than that, yeah, they were all wins. Chris so Wander, I went to the Valley tournament. Names, <laughs> so, like... no, no. so I um, go to the Valley tournament, and that mm -hmm. was always after Denver left because I remember Denver's coach getting into an argument with the officials. <laughs> they weren't there anymore, so that that whole tournament was kind of an easier start to the season. Mm -hmm. But I had Adam Hageman, who was a defending place winner, currently ranked third. Yeah, so I, I got going to be my first big test. Right. I used, I used my Russian. I took him down. I was looking good. I was up two to one. He stood up, and it was a weird Shirella move. I couldn't <laughs> even tell you what it was. It was like he falls on top of you, and you just kind of like ball him up and pin him. And I remember Chet showing it to us, and I was like, I'll try it. And he basically fell on me and pinned me. So I, I ran off the mat and I, you know, later that day I was talking to Chet and he's like, what the hell were you trying to do? 
I was like, oh, oh he showed us that Shirella move. So I was going to try and say, I told, I didn't tell you he was against the good kids. <laughs> use that move against kids from like, you know, Clayton Ranger Valley. You don't, you don't use that against the good kids. I'm like, why don't you fucking show it to me at all? <laughs> so, but I redeemed myself the following week because we were at Southwind. We were in a tight race against Denver. Mm-hmm. And Denver at that time had the Wolfensburgers and Sorensen. They were an up and coming team. Yeah. So it was kind of a was Dylan a Peters. Was he on that? Was he there too? Yeah. Not not yet. It, not Denver yet. was just starting to be. So this team had Gilmer, Wolfensberger, and Sorensen. Uh, yes. Wolfensberger and Sorensen were both freshmen. So you kind of knew they were coming in. So that was the year they got. God, I think they qualified three guys to the state tournament. And all three of them got in the finals. Yeah. That was, that was Levi Sorensen and Helmer. Mm-hmm. And I wrestled Adam Hageman again, but this time he knew the Russian was coming. So the match was a little closer and I can't remember when it was, but I kind of caught him in a cradle and pinned him. So it was kind of like you pin me, I pin you. <laughs> and I think we won, we won by like 12 ish points or something like mm-hmm. that. So I remember that kind of being my big, I can, I can handle 140. I'm here. I can handle it. So, which I didn't beat out of Hageman from there on out, but the matches were always close. I always thought I could beat him. Mm-hmm. That was the year I wrestled Storman in that odd match where I put him to his back and he put me to his back and it was overtime. Uh, yeah. and So... Oddly enough, the one guy I couldn't beat and I didn't understand why was Johnny Roberts from Cresco. I didn't. How many times did you wrestle him? I didn't get it. Two, maybe three times. And like, they weren't even close matches. Like I didn't, every time I went into the match, I'm like, that last match was a fluke. Mm-hmm. Every time it was like five to two, seven to two, six to one, like, I I didn't I didn't get it because I think at some point dad talked to Adam Hogman's dad and said that they were all at a Cresco tournament and it was Johnny Roberts, Adam Hogman, and Alex Storman. And all three of those kids have beaten each other. So Adam Hogman's dad didn't understand why I couldn't like I, I shouldn't have any problem with Johnny. You know, he's seen how I wrestled how I've wrestled, I can beat him. And I could it was never close. I wrestled him at districts and I was like, I can beat him. And I couldn't, and I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get why I couldn't beat him. So, so maybe he, if I rewatch the matches, but he's the one who beat you at districts. So I, yeah. Yep. I didn't have a, have a loss of confidence my junior year. Like I felt I was, I felt I could go to the state tournament. If the bracket was right, I could place, mm-hmm. but there was also tough kids in, so I, I wouldn't say it was a lack of confidence, especially my junior year at the state wrestling tournament. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of a, I'm not going to say unfair, but I, I probably wasn't ready for, because you went from 12, 125, then all of a sudden you're, I would say at a big boy weight, you're at 140. Right. I'm not cutting any weight. These guys are cutting from 155. These guys are big. So even like it, it used to be, 112, 125, I was strong enough that I could pin the bad kids no problem. Mm-hmm. 
now you're starting to get into, okay, these kids are bad, but I can't pin them. You go to wrestle a kid from Valley and I, he's strong enough that he can hold me off. He's that Mm -hmm. farm kid that's got nothing going on in the winter because they're not doing anything on the farm. So yeah, his grip was strong. They, they didn't know what they were doing technique-wise, but they were strong enough to hold me off. So mm-hmm. 140 was definitely different because naturally the strength helped a bit, but when you ran into somebody that lifted and then cut to 140, it was a big difference. Yeah, And that's what happened at the state tournament. How was it to make it to state, though? I mean, how... I mean, that was your first time you break through, you know, did you just have your goal mindset that you were going to make it the whole time or was it at that point, at that point in my career? Yeah. It was just fucking make it. Yeah. Just, just make the high school state tournament. Like you've got two years left, just make it. So I remember the sectional tournament, um, I wrestled the kid from Waterloo, Columbus, and it was a close match, but Shane Havenstreit was there. And I, I've, I've ran into Shane and his dad before. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to see, I, I didn't want to see Shane for a third time because I seen him at the duel. I seen him at the, shoot, I, I seen him at the um, conference tournament because we were seated two and three. And I believe I saw him at sectionals. I'm not sure if I saw him in the finals and Shane got beaten to wrestle back. So that's what I, I, I'm pretty sure we did. Cause that Waterloo Columbus kid was a, a transfer. No one really knew him. So he transferred in from Minnesota, I believe. So they kind of threw him in there as a random seed. And I beat him in the semifinals, beat Shane in the finals, which Shane's matches were always close. So I didn't, if it was up to me, I didn't want to see Shane again at districts. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what happened. I think he, I can't remember if he got beaten or wrestled, but either way he got third. He didn't make it. And then we go to the district tournament and I'm going to say that was the year that some kid, my first round match at districts was my hundredth win as a junior, but the kid that made it was like 15 and he was a 500 kid. He had an upset at the district tournament in a wrestleback. Mm. So he, it was supposed to be Johnny Roberts and Max Dunlay coming out of the other side, but Max Dunlay got upset and pinned at districts or at sectionals. So my first round match was some kid with like 20 losses. That is just happy to be there. Yeah. So I pinned him, I wrestled Johnny, and then I, you know, I had a wrestle back. So I beat that kid. It was the same kid from Waterloo Columbus, and it was just yeah. uh I made it. It was a relief. Like I I didn't care what happened from there. I didn't care if I got a fucking medal. I didn't care. I fucking punched my ticket. I I'm finally going. Mm-hmm. So I was happy. That was a relief. I I'm pretty sure the first person to hug me off the mat was Doty. Oh, really? So well, mom and dad were never like Matt side. Yeah. They were always, uh, were always up in the crowd. Dad wasn't over Matt side yelling. It's not like I ever looked over and like caught dad. Like 
So if I remember right, the first person I hugged was Dodie. And I think after that it was, you know, mom, it's not like I rushed over to him, but so I remember that day being pretty special for all of us. It was kind of like, it's, we finally, we finally made it until it was all fun and games until the seeds came out later that night. Yeah. So. Yeah. Your group of four, you know, you drew Ben Knight and right there again, um, you know, what were you thinking going into that match? You know, Ben Knight so made the finals. That match was that match was fun because I had nothing to lose. So those were always the matches that I think if I didn't get my own head, I'm like, I'm here. Actually, I, I laughed about it with Kyle. My match was actually closer than him and Ben's. <laughs> no so kidding. I think Ben might be I I think Ben he beat me six to four, I think, and he beat so he beat me by four points, and I think he beat Kyle by five <laughs> when they wrestled as a freshman. Yeah. But, like, he wasn't as tough as I thought, but if you watched Ben Knight's career, he never wrestled. He never blew anybody out at the state tournament. Mm-hmm. He always wrestled smart, good position, and then he would just win his match and move on. He wouldn't, which might be why he never won a state tournament. I have no idea. But he was never putting points up on the board. Like, he was Ben Knight. But... I felt like I got my ass kicked by Ben Knight. I was like, I wrestled him tough. But I kind of had nothing to lose. It's like, oh. I'm the unranked guy here that got second. You're Ben Knight, who didn't make it the year before because he was in the Halverson, Gustafson. Gustafson, yes. You know, he was in that bracket, so and he was the odd man out. So, But he was ranked number one. So, but yeah, it was just, it was kind of funny because the other two guys were Brock Weatherman and Mikey England. <laughs> and at the time, they were both freshmen. Everyone mm-hmm. knew who Brock Weatherman was, but nobody knew who Mikey England was. So I thought, I'm going to lose, and I'm going to wrestle Mike England. And he beat Brock Weatherman. And Brock Weatherman pops to the backside. I remember being a little more nervous for that one. Only because the coaches, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to like, hey, you, you can beat this kid. And I always give him shit because he threw me around the mat. And they were like, oh, he's, he's got a bad knee. And he's only wrestled 140 because somebody bumped him out of his weight. And I don't know if they were making any of this up. But they're like, he ran away from home. And he's like, they were feeding me all this shit before I went out there. Like, you mm-hmm. can beat this freshman. He's an unstable 40-pounder. And he lost first round when he was supposed to win and all this shit. And I feel like they giggled at each, like, as I'm walking out to the center, they looked over at each other and like, hey, did you tell him he's a Greco national champ? Oh, no, did you? I'm sure he'll be fine. I, he tossed me around. So I remember being on my back and that was when the rule changed. So it used to be, if I was on my back, down by a tech fall, but I rolled you through to your back, I could mm-hmm. pin you but they changed the rules to if I roll Brock Weatherman to his back after he secured a tech ball match is over. It doesn't matter after that. Really? And I think it was third period, third period, a minute left and I'm, I'm on my back and I look over at the clock and it's 17 to three and he's holding three fingers. I'm like, well, 
match is over, what looks better on a bracket, a third period pin or 20 to three? So I let him pin me. <laughs> I was like, I don't want there to be a bracket. I don't want there to be a bracket out there that says 20 to three, you know? So as a look through the bracket, like, oh, look at this kid. He got smoked. So now nah, it just goes down as a third period fall. And, but the odd thing is if I would have won that match on the other side of the bracket was Cody Stanley who won it and Tanner Campman who got third. Yeah. The loser of that match yeah. had to wrestle the winner of me and Brock Weatherman. So Brock Weatherman beats me and has to wrestle Tanner Campman who goes on to get third and pins everybody at the state tournament except for Cody Stanley. So even if I would have, like, my best shot would have been, I don't know how it would have played out if I would have won that match against Ben Knight, where I would have landed if I would have lost to Mike England. I have no idea. But me and Andrew were kind of in the same boat because if he would have won his backside match, he would have had the loser of Andrew Sorensen and Brett Rosedale, who at the time were one and two. Right. <laughs> So Andrew and I always joke, like, oh, we would have made it one more day. Mm-hmm. Like, because <laughs> even going in, I think him and I looked at, like, our group of four. And I was Pedretti's practice partner. And him and I decided to room together because both me and Andrew kind of felt like we weren't going to make it out of the first day. So I was like, I'm looking at who I got to wrestle, man, and I'll be lucky. I got to wrestle my ass off. And some things got to go my way for me to get a medal. So I asked Andrew, him and I are like, you won't just want to share a room so I don't have to move my stuff tomorrow. So we're like, Kyle and Brian are going to make the final. So we might as well give them their own room. Me and you can kind of screw off after day number one. So, but, but did you, yeah, but, like, but junior year, I had a lot. Did you think you were going to, what, what if you thought you were going to win? I mean, a lot of the, what you're saying and, you know, um, is that you already seem like you were planning on losing, even though you hadn't even wrestled yet. Even though you, you know, you probably could beat these kids if you if you really had your mind right. But you were already already almost like one foot out the door, like you were going to lose. Yeah. Yeah, I get. I guess I never, never thought of it that way. But talked about this before, so I know we haven't talked about it before. But you put me on the spot. <laughs> well, some of these, yeah, maybe, yeah these stories I've heard, but maybe, some, maybe, have, you know? maybe it would have turned out different. You know, I, I guess looking back, we'll we'll never know. It obviously would have gave me a better shot. Wrestling, I think, is a lot more mental than what I probably gave it credit for. Yeah. So, um, but I maturity-wise, maybe I just wasn't there to think like that yet. So when you look at some of these guys that are winning these titles, like Decamahales and Spencer Lee and, you know, but even some of those guys that, you know, that have been winning one, two, or three state titles in high school now, Ayala. You know, J- J- Jorgensen's, you know, whatever. Way more mature than I ever was when I was 14 or 15. You know, to have the 
maturity to kind of think that way wasn't there. Now that I'm 33, I can look back and think, yeah, probably, which is probably where the coaches were trying to get me to. So Mm -hmm. it might have been just as frustrating as them to watch me lose matches when I could have won. That they're like, oh, man, if he could just get out of his own way. But, you know, and maybe that was the difference, like, the difference between me and Kyle Pedretti. Was he was just as immature as me, but maybe when it came to strapping on that singlet and stepping out there, his maturity flipped from, oh, we'll see what happens to, I'm going to beat the hell out of this guy. You know, like the, the confidence that he had stepping on the mat, you know, was probably more than I had. I just didn't have it. And it, I thought at the time I had it, but maybe I just didn't have enough. Mm-hmm. But did you get nervous it is, before you wrestled before the big matches like I remember being nervous for senior year wrestling my first match against the Charles City Kid Matt Manning I remember being mm-hmm. super nervous for that one because that one was kind of winner or go home like I had the easier of the two districts so I know that I had to win my match because Goodale was going to win the district. Well, he was poised. He was ranked number one, so you thought he was going to win, mm-hmm. right? So I had to win my match because if I lost, assuming Matt Manning didn't pull an upset, he was going to lose and my season was over. So and I know Matt Manning fought the same way. Him and I were both wrestling that time you would think for right you're wrestling like me and him both need this match because barring a upset now you have to be number one ranked guy to even get qualify yourself so you're putting yourself in a bad spot losing that first round match Mm -hmm. right so you want to win to put yourself in the best spot to move forward so yeah i would get nervous i would get my stomach would get knots, but as soon as I stepped on the mat and the whistle blew, it kind of all went away. Yeah. So I, th- I thought I remember you. I thought I remember freshman year, your freshman year. I woke up at like four in the morning or something. I swear you were downstairs because we had South Park on DVD. And I thought I could have swore you were listening to South Park or watching South Park at like four in the morning your freshman year. I was probably like, I would struggle to sleep before tournaments and stuff, but that, I don't think that was because I was nervous for the tournament. It's because I was excited to weigh in and eat. Like I would meticulous, you know, cause like I had a routine where you would go to Walmart the night before with, you know, I, Kyle was old enough when he was 16, when he was a mm-hmm. sophomore, he turned 16 before he entered school. So by the time we got to wrestling season, him and I would always go to, or me, him and Brody, we would go to Walmart. <laughs> and pick up pick out our food and pack our cooler so i struggled to sleep freshman and sophomore year especially freshman year just because i would be yeah i would either have a tr- hard time falling asleep hmm. or i would wake up super early in excitement for the way in so i was always one of the first ones at the bus i set an alarm but i never had to so probably hearing me at four o'clock in the morning was yeah probably just me like trying to trying to sleep but can't sleep because i'm just excited to weigh in and eat like i'm thinking about my cooler full of food 
And I just, I need it to be eight o'clock so we can weigh in. Mm -hmm. That's funny. But, <laughs> just because looking I, back, I, don't remember I thought you were like, you know, I thought you were nervous because you're going into districts and all right, you know, you got to wrestle Tanner Burke and oh, it's going to be close. No, you were just down there thinking about how yeah, waiting for. <laughs> yep. Thinking about what I was going to eat first. Yep. Cause you, you would watch, uh, get super dehydrated and thirsty. So you, you would watch like, mm -hmm. uh, I remember watching fear factor and they would like, this shake is filled with bugs and beetles and spiders and snakes and, you know, horse shit and all this, whatever it looked like a chocolate <laughs> shake. And I just remember watching them drink it and they would just, you know, they would drink it and act like they're going to throw up and like, yeah. I'll, I, I'd try it. <laughs> I try. It looks like it looks like a shake. Like I'm thirsty. I yeah. So it's funny watching those kind of shows, and then uh, <laughs> didn't have the friends at school that would hide their food from me, which I didn't care. I was actually someone that was like, I'd rather like weirdly watch you eat <laughs> than for you to like go hide go hide it from me, right? So, but most of the time, if I didn't eat. Taylor or me and Kyle Padretti or whatever, we would normally be in them in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Like if I couldn't eat, I wouldn't go, I would go weigh myself and then hang out in the way in the locker room. Mm -hmm. But it's not like Blake and Daniel and Chase and Alex Meyer and Kyle. Like none of them were like, look how good this is. <laughs> they wouldn't rub it in my face, nor would they hide it from me. Like, I was just somebody in the group that couldn't eat. And that was, that was that. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I so, don't remember junior. I don't remember junior and senior having troubles sleeping. Yeah. Probably not as bad. I remember. Well, I just, I remember freshman year being horrible, but mm -hmm. I don't remember having trouble sleeping before tournaments. There was probably nerves there junior, senior year going into districts, but I, I think I slept just fine compared to freshman, sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your senior year, you go into districts and you said you were really nervous before Matt Manning. And that was, it was your last shot. I mean, this is it, you know, and I remember that gym, it was packed. It was hot. It was packed. I mean, yeah, that was an odd, was like? you couldn't like, I thought the district tournaments were the most fun tournaments we had. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. And that was probably the most fun I had. I couldn't hear anything. So me, Taylor and Andrew all made it with aspirations, obviously to go on, which, you know, uh, Austin Berry made it too. And so did Kyle Fremonic. Mm -hmm. But the three big ones were the, the three of us with high aspirations to go. I think Austin was hoping to cap off a senior year going and Kyle was hoping to make it through. Right. But like me, Andrew and Taylor were all going there with expectations to not only make it, but to medal. So did Taylor, Taylor didn't make it to districts that year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He, that's where we found out that Andrew Sorensen had a younger brother. No, so we, no. We, are you sure? Yeah. He got beat by, yes, he got beat by Aaron Sorensen. Which at the time he didn't know who Aaron Sorensen was. He wasn't Aaron. Sure? Sorensen. He was a. I thought that was the year that he, he was bumped freshman. up to thirty-five or whatever. Wrestled for no. You're right. You're right. Shoot, because I thought he wrestled no. thirty-five or whatever. But that was Eads, 
Who's at that weight? And okay. that was never mind. Forget what that I was my ju- that, that that was my junior year when he wrestled, tried to wrestle nineteen, and then decided he couldn't make the weight anymore, and said, "I'm not going to take anybody's spot this late in the season." And then, yeah, Ryan got sick, didn't show up the night before sectionals, and we needed a 45 pounder, like running what felt like he was running with like two Mountain Dews in his hand, right, all the time. Yeah. And Chet was like, we're going to need a 45 pounder. And Taylor was like, yeah, he asked me to do it. I have to cut. I weigh like 150 pounds. I can't eat tonight. I'm like, Taylor, (laughs) you weighed 119 like two weeks ago. So yeah, he's, that was uh soft. And then uh, junior year, that's when we kind of, he evened out and got, uh, he was at, Josh was at 130. I, he was at 135 and I was at 140. Okay. So he, him and I always wrestled back to back. And then Andrew was at 152 and Kyle Fermonic was at 145. Mm-hmm. So our plan for the state tournament was going to be kind of a, I wouldn't say it, they always had the death row, but now that you kind of think about it, you had Taylor, me, Kyle, and Andrew mm-hmm. right, right there in the middle. So, the four of us had aspirations to go. So did Austin Berry. Unfortunately, Austin didn't get it done. Kyle ended up beating Max Dunley in one of the, I gave Max Dunley shit about this later in college. And one of the craziest wrapped matches, like I think Kyle got like three stall calls. 30 seconds. Oh my gosh. To win the match. Like, I remember Kyle being down by two points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he was down by a point, and they got stalling and gave him a point. And then all of a sudden, like, all that Max Dunley had to do was circle. Mm-hmm. Like, they kept restarting the match. Like, all that he had to do was circle, circle, circle. And all of a sudden, I watched him take two steps back, and they stalling one. And I just remember Kyle winning because Max Dunley literally stalled himself out of that match. So, and it's weird too, because Mac, you know, it's not like Max Dunley was this kid that has never been there before. Mm-hmm. So when I think about him, I, I, I feel bad because not only did he get, you know, upset at the district tournament the year before, now he gets stalled out at the district tournament as a I senior, see. like Max Dunley was, Max Dunley was going to make it He's dead to rights. All that Kyle did was keep moving forward. And Max Dunley just said, it's close enough, which nowadays you watch it and, you know, he would have been fine, right? They don't call stalling like that anymore. So it's kind of crazy. You watch that match, you're like, holy shit. 35, 40 seconds, and Kyle ended up putting enough pressure on Max Dunley that that almost forced him because Max Dunley was almost backing straight up. So I remember that being nuts. Kyle making it Mm -hmm. fashion that he did. Um. But yeah, you, you couldn't, I couldn't hear anything. Like I just remember wrestling Manning and I, I don't know what the score was, but I remember coming off the mat and it's not like I was like listening to what the coaches told me the whole time. I could barely hear them. So I won my first match. Andrew won his first match cause he had Pullman. 
And both uh, of us were kind of when you're when you're first match and you're sitting really good. Right. Kind of where him and I were at. Because our second guy at districts or at sectionals was worse than their second guy. So I, Andrew and I were in the same spot. Win your first match against a Charles City kid, wrestle a highly ranked Osage kid in the finals. Hope for the best. Taylor was in the same spot. And he wrestled Aaron Sorensen first round, who at that time was a freshman with a brother that was really good, but he had like 10 or 12 losses or something like that. Like wasn't expected to do anything and beats Taylor. Cause I remember watching that match and watching Taylor get beat and like, I got to wrestle. And then I remember beating Manny being down there, putting my sweats on. And right after that, Andrew comes down and it was just, it was odd because it was the two of us were ecstatic. Mm-hmm. I think the three of us had wrestled together since we were in fifth grade. And you had two guys that were like, we're moving that. Mm-hmm. And then you would like look over and you would see Taylor heartbroken. And you're like, I don't even know what, can I not be happy for me? Cause of what happened to Taylor? Like it was kind of this weird, like Andrew came down. I'm like, could you even hear anything? And Andrew's like, no, I couldn't hear a fucking thing, but we're both excited. Cause we won our matches. We were supposed to win. And then like, you look over and you see one of your best friends, just, devastated by a loss mm-hmm. did that affect and you at all like because you said because taylor got upset before you went out and wrestled so like you're watching this and you watch your friend and your teammate get beat upset and now you it was have an to odd perform. it was an odd dynamic mostly because i think i've watched taylor wrestle enough mm-hmm. that he wrestled at least his sophomore year he wrestled in a roller coaster. So it wasn't unlike us to watch Taylor dominate and then turn around and we're going to lose to some nobody. So like, this wasn't like out of the realm or out of character for like, obviously Taylor wished he didn't get beat by some of those kids, but I want to say I watched him wrestle soft junior year. I think he was a little more stable, but I, I know sophomore year, he probably just cut too much weight. Yeah, And one match, he's like beating Jason Winkler, right? Who never beat him. And he, you know, Taylor looks really good against him. And then all of a sudden he turns around and wrestles some kid from Max Lyon, I think. Or who was the kid? Schwarm. His name was, yeah, some Schwarm kid from Southwind. Who isn't as good as Taylor. Isn't in the same category. Which is a solid wrestler for Southwind. Mm-hmm. And Taylor, I don't know if he gets beat by him or I, th- I think he gets beat by him. And that we were wrestling in Postville and it was like, who the fuck? I want to say that was the same year as my senior year because I wrestled at Deering at Postville, at the Postville duel. Mm-hmm. And then Taylor turns around and wrestles this kid from Southwind who's really strong but doesn't have the technique Taylor does. And this is where his fault is, is that kid ended up just being strong and enough strong enough to hold Taylor off and good enough technique that he could take him down once. And I, you remember watching that match and you're like, oh, Taylor, how the fuck did you get beat by that guy? And then he turns around and he wins the conference tournament and looks really good doing it. So it's was like, it, it wasn't out of, sorry. Was it Mike? Yes. Okay. Mike. yes. Black hair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it wasn't, 
Taylor get beat by? It was hard because obviously he knew the stakes, but yeah. it, you know, obviously we watched Taylor get a state medal and then go to a takedown tournament and get beat by some kid from O line. You know, <laughs> Brett. You know, so Westendorf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who ended up being a state medalist for O line in three A? But yeah, he got fixed. Yeah, so it's just, it's kind of funny that you know had this roller coaster of like you would watch him you know his senior year wrestle some of the best I've seen him wrestle he would you know beat the way he would fall to Oz and then end up coming back in the third period um wrestling the Leclerc like that was probably the best balance he's probably ever I've ever seen him wrestle but for the most part throughout his career we would watch him look like a state champ one match and a fucking sectional qualifier the next I so watching him get beat by that kid, it, it, it sucked. But it's not like it was new. It's not mm-hmm. like it was watching Spencer Lee go down and then I got to take the mat next. So. Yeah. But I, I, it was what it was, right? I, I, he still had a chance. He still, I think he still, um, I don't remember his bracket that year, but. First round loss, like Sorensen could have won it, and then he could have done a wrestle back. But yeah, it, it didn't affect me. I was still, you know, oh Taylor lost. Okay, I still got to go out and take care of business, I guess. So I'm unfortunate, sorry. but he didn't. Taylor didn't make it a point to be about him either. Like he was in the only place that he thought he could handle. You know take his emotion out, which was in our locker room, which was fine, but it's not like he was sobbing uncontrollably and wanting me and Andrew to, like, console. He was just like, this fucking sucks. Me and Andrew, I, I put our clothes on, and I, I, I kind of got out. I, I kind of, I don't know what to do in those situations. So I let, I let Taylor handle it. When he was ready, he would come out and bullshit with you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it sucked losing, but none of us, like, had the careers or the mindset of it's all or nothing. Right. So later on the bus ride home, Taylor was fine. Mm-hmm. It's not like he, you know, he was probably sad, but he wasn't moping. Yeah. So he was, ha- he was happy for, you know, me and Andrew. He was, you know, he went there as my practice partner and Justin went as Andrew's practice partner. Like it, he didn't hold it against us that we made it and he didn't. And, he didn't make us feel like we had to feel bad that he didn't make it. So. Yeah. Was it a relief when you made it then? So you make it, you get, you know, you, you lose the good ale, what, three, two on locked hands. <laughs> but you yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I, yes. It was a relief to make it, but it was also the expectation to make right. it. So the shittiest part is I wandered by, I thought get the state bracket and you know, the year before you got it and you're like, fuck. Well, this year I got it and Goodale was on the top side. Mm-hmm. Travis Hargrave was also on the top side. So one and two were up there. And at that time on the bottom side, I had one of the better records. Trent Tucker was the, 
third ranked guy. And just like him, I had no fucking idea who he was. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not like I had like, importantly, when you looked at my bracket on the bottom side, you saw names like Colton Moore and Colby Peterson. So Peterson was on the top side. You know, to me and Trent Tucker's credit. Okay. But you, you and Tucker uh, identical think, thirty-nine and three records. You 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 know, you had the best records. You were thirty-nine and three on the bottom side. Yes. So it was it was when I looked at my bracket on the bottom side, I didn't say, Oh man, I gotta get through Trent Tucker. Mm-hmm. We had similar records. Both of us have nothing to our name. Like the only person on the bottom side that I can remember was Colton Moore. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember who he was growing up. I remember Taylor wrestling him. I know he had a good cradle. So I looked at my bottom side and went, I can make that finals. And I knew that if I made the finals, Tim Hayhall was going to be able to, the focus was going to be Trent Goodale, not Matt Manning, like it was going into districts. Right. So I was confident that if I made the finals, I could beat Goodale. But I had to make it there. The night before, Chet would always get like this big room at the Stony Creek and everybody would kind of sleep wherever. This big ass room that had like bunk beds and a pullout couch and whatever. And I remember Brian going down to coach I'm going to say those guys slept on a bed. I feel like I slept on the pullout couch. Because mm-hmm. you're, se- you're 17, 18 years old. You're like, oh, whatever. I'll sleep wherever. I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know if it was the worst night of sleep ever, but lucky that the next day that I won a match. Because I had, I had Clint Straw. Yeah. Who I'll beat the week before. So let the duels. So I was pretty confident that I could beat him. I felt like I couldn't do anything, nothing. I felt like I couldn't escape. I had no strength. I had no energy and I had no idea why. So I wrestled like complete shit and just bounced to the backside. Then I was just lucky I won a match. That was all. Yeah. That was all. I felt like shit that first match and just, I have no idea what to blame it on, whether I slept bad or ate something wrong or whatever. I just, I wasn't, it sucked. I wasn't ready. It's not like if I would have felt districts for the state tournament, totally different, but I didn't. And that's just how it goes. How did you bounce back and win? I mean, with as terrible as you're saying you sound, or you wrestled basically, you know, I mean, that could have been it. You know, that could have been, you could have packed it in, just mailed it and been like, you know. Okay. So I wrestled Kane Craft. Yeah. I can't remember the school. And I think at the R-C-L, time, like, he was SCAL. I'm not sure what combination that would be, but RCL, SCAL. Yeah. So he. Oddly enough, I ended up finding out. So him and I were both ranked like eighth and tenth, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going to wrestle a ranked kid. I didn't know how good he was, whatever. 
So I felt I did pretty good. Well, I find out. So this is like last year. I'm working with a guy from Emmitsburg. And I tell him about me and who I wrestled, whatever. And he says he knows Kane Crafts. <laughs> and I was like, no way. So he calls him up. And he rem- he remembers me. Kane Crafts. He had mono. His senior year at the state <laughs> wrestling tournament. So he's like, yeah, he beat me because I had mono. And I was like, well, you know what? <laughs> Sucks to suck sometimes. Like, <laughs> like it always could be worse, right? Like as shitty as I wrestled, like I, at least I didn't have mono, right? Yeah. So if you're asking how I won that match, it's probably not because I was, you know, maybe it's not because I was better. I just was feeling better that day. Mm-hmm. And that's just uh just how it goes. Hmm. So but then so then you make it to day two. And you still have to win one match to place. How was that? Yes. What were you What were you thinking going into that one? I had to wrestle Nick Schultz from Clarion Goldfield, I think. And Hayhall yeah. was pumping me yeah. up, and he was saying he would rather coach a guy that's waiting for the quarterfinal guy to lose than try to help me back up after a quarterfinal loss. So he's Mm -hmm. like, honestly, he's like, I, you know, this round where you're at, he's like, I'd rather be coaching you sitting for the loser than having to coach you after a loss. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, if I would have made the semifinals, it would have been different, but Mm -hmm. we later found out that Nick Schultz had bumped up from 135 to 140 to dodge some guys at, cause he was ranked like fifth at 135. The problem mm-hmm. was he had guys ranked above him. So instead of rolling the dice at 135, he bumped up to 140. So once I found that out, it's not like it was a shoot a co- shot of confidence, but I could feel being five pounds bigger than him. I controlled that match. I knew I was going to win. Really? So I just remember winning that match and walking off and dad patting my back really, really hard. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're walking off with just a single and he's just, he's super happy that I've just, I've, I've made it. I placed that's mm-hmm. what we came here for to get a medal. Right. And I just, I remember him slapping my back. Like as you're walking back to the tunnel, I'm like, hey, you stop. <laughs> what What was that like, man? Winning that match. I mean, yeah, like you said, you made it, you meddled. Okay, we we did it. All this hard work, we're on the medal stand. I mean, it was a relief, but it was. I didn't come there for eighth place. So going up, I always remember the state tournament as top six. And I want to say my sixth or seventh grade year, they bumped it to six places to eight places. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling like eighth, seventh and eighth place was participation. Like top six are the real guys, man. Like, can you imagine what it used to be like having to get sixth? So my goal was always to get sixth or better. That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So 
My next round was so that up and down round. So the next round was almost your metal round or your blood round matching. That was my blood round. Yeah. That was my blood round in my mind. So I remember, I don't really remember the first period. That was just an odd, odd match. Because I don't think I've been taken down like that. And I can't, I'd have to rewatch the match to understand what happened in the first period. But I remember trying to mount a comeback in the third period and I was doing it. Mm. And unfortunately there was a miscommunication with coaching and whatever. And it just, it is what it is at this point. And I lost. So I gave up too many first period takedowns, wasn't able to come back. And then when I fell to seventh and eighth place, I think I just said, I don't give a shit. I was done with the sport of wrestling. I was done cutting weight. I was just, I wasn't going to wrestle in college. I was done. Yeah. What was it like to have dad in your corner at state? I don't think I've ever asked you that. If I did, I don't know what your answer is, but. I don't know if it was anything different than, you know, when we were growing up. Really? Like, I think it'd be different if I won a state title and was able to like run over to him. Right. But it's not like any one of my matches I walked over. I'm just like, I'm fucking glad you were there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad he was there. It was probably fun when I won for a medal. But it's not like I ran over and hugged him like, we did it. <laughs> you know, job wasn't done. Mm-hmm. You know, I won a match. I was expected to win. And I'm happy I'm on the award stand, but I didn't come here for eighth place. So, you know, that would be a good question for dad. Because to me, I, there was like bigger matches. So maybe if I would have been in one of those big matches with dad, it, it would have felt different. You know, walking off a mat after a big win and having, you know, like it, I don't remember him. I still remember it being any different than any other match, I guess. Not like I went out there knowing, you know, dad's in my corner. I better strap it on. Like, it was always the same. Like, I remember him rubbing my shoulders and trying to get me ready my senior year. You know, him and I both knew the expectation. So, I think after my first round loss, when he started coaching in the corner after that, I Mm -hmm. I think it was – we were both excited for what the senior state tournament was going to hold. We were both excited for a state title run, whatever. And when I lost first round, I think when I bounced to the backside, just meddling, I think he was happy that I was walking away with something. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously a little more disappointed. Like, Hey, at least I'm, at least I got a medal. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think dad, after both of us having the expectation of, let's win this damn thing to let's just get out of here with something, you know? So he was probably more excited when I got my, when I got my medal than I was. Really? No, I think. Yeah. So I, I probably would have been more excited if I would have wrestled further on, but yeah, like I said, getting seventh and eighth was never uh, a goal of mine. It was always bottom of the podium to me. Yeah. So I always felt like a participation medal. So when I talked to Chet later in the last couple of years about it, I told him that. 
I was like, my goal wasn't eighth place. I was like, just, I was never happy with eighth place. I never, like, it's better than a stick in the eye, right? Like I could have been cane craft and not have anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you could have mono. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's better than not having anything, yeah. but at the same time, it's never going to be something like, like Trent Tucker's proud to hang his bracket and metal up. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be like, Hey kids, look at that eighth place metal. Like, it's cool that I achieved something, but it just, it always felt like eighth place was, you know, I had a losing record. I was two and three and got a medal. How do you get a losing record? At this? So I said something to chat and, you know, of course him and Rachel tried to tell me, you know, at least he got something and, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of kids that want this and it was hard to get this and that. And like, I, I get all that. But when they added those two, like Gabe McGee coming through, mm-hmm. never knew anything other than top eight. So if I knew if it was always top eight, it'd be one thing, but it never was. It was always top six. So if I was in the old school brackets, I would have never gotten a fucking medal. You know, and if I was wrestling when Chet was wrestling, I never would have made it out of the first round because I would have had to hope that. Clint Strong makes it all the way to the finals. Junior year, I would have been pulled through. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yep, see. Right? Um, but Chet told me that him and Doug Martin pushed for seventh and eighth place, and their reasoning was, the kids are already here. Oh, and I wrong. told him, I said, that's what it felt like. <laughs> You're here anyways, why not give it to half of them? Mm-hmm. so when he told me that i know it was to make me like feel good like hey we petitioned for that it's a good thing you know and we kind of figured you know these kids are already here these schools are already here and that's when i was like yeah why not give them a fucking medal like to me if like i would have rather have went home with nothing but i've gotten older and i i appreciate it more but i don't think it'll ever be something that's just like look what i've done mm-hmm Cause it wasn't, it wasn't top six. And to me, that's in my mind, it'll always be top six or nothing. So eighth place to me was you were, you were good, but not good enough. You know, you were close, but no cigar kind of feeling. So whatever. Yeah. What was it like to be in the grand March though? I, mean, I don't think I've ever asked you that. Like, I mean, it was cool. Like, so again, this is how I felt at the time. Like, it's cool looking back at it. And, you know, like, I know Grandma Janice loves that I was in there and, you know, <laughs> the Grand March is cool and whatever. But when I'm telling you that I thought eighth place didn't it felt like a participation medal mm-hmm. now i felt like at the grand march that i'm like i barely made it like i'm a lack of a better word like i'm a, I'm a poser i'm not supposed to be here you guys added to medals and i'm just i'm lucky to be here i'm lucky they did that or I, else i wouldn't be walking with you guys so you kind of felt like you were walking around and you know all these guys have gotten you know, I wasn't excited about my eighth place medal. I wasn't, I wouldn't have been excited about seventh. I just wouldn't have been. So standing there, like the grand March was cool. I just didn't feel like I was supposed to be there. So it was a cool experience. It was cool to walk and 
you know, stand in the center of the mat and, you know, stand next to the guy holding the stick with your weight and, <laughs> you know, all that. But it, it never felt like I've made, like, my goal wasn't like, oh, you know, you know Grandma Janice loves the Grand March. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some people cool. love the Grand March. My goal wasn't ever to march in the Grand March. Like, that wasn't a goal. Like, oh, if you get a medal, you get a march. Like, it was cool. You know, but... I don't think at the time I really appreciated what I was doing. It's fun to watch now looking back. So I'm like, that was, you know, it's cool. And maybe right now you're looking at it and you're kind of going, eh, but you're going to look back at it one day and think it's really cool. So, but also I think at that time too, a spot on the podium you probably thought defined you more than what it does. And now I'm looking back, you know, much you know, older and going, and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like it's cool. It's cool to do. It's cool to win a state title. It's it's cool to be able to call yourself that. But to be honest, it's not the end all be all of life. You know, it would have been cool to call myself a state champion. Yeah, but I'm that doesn't define who I am. And I think at the time you don't realize that. So. True. True. But just say that eighth place medal doesn't define you either. You know? Yeah. You, you put in the work to probably place higher than eighth. It just happened that you placed eighth. That's just how it went, you know, but can't you be proud of what you did to get there, even to put yourself in that position? Yeah, and I like I like eighth, like I, like I said, it, it was never a goal to get eighth place. It's better than getting nothing. Or stick in the eye. As I've gotten older, like you know, they're like, oh, you know, when you talk to guys at work, they're like, oh, you wrestled, and it's kind of funny because I told Chet this too. But the guys that I work with don't give a shit that I wrestled. <laughs> they don't. They don't care how good I was. They they don't care. Like they want me to go, they want me to be good at my job. They want me to be a good employee, keep them safe, make sure they make it home to their families. Like, and I want the same out of them. So like it, it, my state, it doesn't matter. But being from the state of Iowa, just saying that I made it and got a medal. I have guys calling me a state champ all the time. And it's funny. Like I got a couple of buddies from Southern California that are like, Oh, watch out for Cody. He's a state champ. I was like, I wasn't even fucking close, but like, you don't argue with them. Cause they just like, he got it. He got a medal at the Iowa high school state wrestling tournament. Man, that's better than most of the country. So uh, it's all about perspective. So it, it doesn't No, It doesn't define me. No, I don't tell people I got eighth. I just tell them I got a medal and that's all they need to know. They don't need to know if it was, second or last place and it to be honest it doesn't matter mm-hmm. so are you a are you a good person are you good at your job are you hard working like that that's what matters so are you positive to be around do people want you to be in their circle with their work group whatever you know do your kids like being around you does your wife love you you know do you have a good family like all that stuff matters way more than Having a medal.
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Cody Bachman, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget, check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. We'll see you next time.